Welcome to the Mosaic of Marion, a weekly podcast hosted by Dr. Henry M. Meadows, Jr. and presented by Marion Baptist Church in Chatham, Virginia. It is our sincere hope that you'll join us each week as we explore what it means to be part of God's big picture through biblical discussions about the saving power of Jesus Christ and what it means for our lives each and every day, starting today. What's up out there, podcast land? (laughs) What's happening? We're in 2021. Woo! Wow. We've blown the budget out. So, hey. Hey. Y'all, Miss Mona's playing a little hurt today. She's not feeling great. Got a yep. got a headache. Yep. Bad one. You can look in it. One of those, you can look at her eyes and tell she's got, oh. she's got a headache. It's been a rough few days. So, um, but hey, she showed here. up. She's here. Here I am. Yes, she is. <laughs> Only because God made it possible. <laughs> <That's right>. Seriously. <laughs> so, hey, turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20. Mm. Um, Exodus chapter 20. We're going to be dealing with over the next several months, um, I don't know if we'll take a break. Some I'm sure we will at some point. Chase a rabbit. You don't really chase a rabbit when you go to more scripture, though, do you? No. So no. we we may take a break and go That's to right. other scriptures, which I know we will. Now, how it goes, <laughs> right. I don't know. Um, but we're going to start out with We're going to be going through At some point this year, we'll finish the Ten Commandments. Okay. We're going to start them today. All right. Let's see what happens. When we finish. That's right. The Lord only knows. That's right. <laughs> so, hey. So you had all your kids in really quick. Had my kids in now that Nesta's empty again. (laughs) But it was good. It was really good to have them. Good. Yeah. Good. Yep. Enjoyed you guys um, played and sang. That was nice. One Sunday. That was really cool. So um, back in the saddle again, as it were, you know, had a few days off, did some fishing over Christmas and had fun. And now today back at it and wide slap open again. (laughs) So, hey, um, let's pray. And then you're going to read Exodus chapter 20 and verse 3. Okay. Is that what? And actually, read the read the first three verses. That's what I was going to do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're smart like that. Um, let me pray for us. Father hey. God, we come and Lord, just offer up this time to you. God, we ask that you would use it, um, that it will be glorifying to you, and that um, somebody will come to know you in a closer relationship today. And we would live out exactly what these um, Ten Commandments say um, yes, we live on the other side of Calvary, uh, but Lord, these are still commandments that we should live and abide by. They're not ten suggestions. So God, we just look to you, and God, thank you so much for all you do for us. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Exodus 20, verses 1 through 3 says, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Amen. Now, as as we get started, so uh, quickly, I want to just read a few other translations, the New King James, the New Century Version, the Good News, the Amplified New Living Translation. So the New King James puts it this way, you shall have no other gods before me. The New Century Version, which is more just more about the vernacular of it, you must not have any other gods except me. The Good News says, worship no god but me. The Amplified, which I really like, you shall have no other gods before or beside me. New Living Translation, do not worship any other gods beside me. So, but the key for all these 10 that we have is found in verse two. Mm -hmm. I dealt with it yesterday. Yep. I am. Right. Um, You know, that's sort of up mine and your both our alley. We love the whole (laughs) word deal there. Right. I am is in the present tense of be. Um, 
And so it's always in the present tense. Right. So when God said this some five, six thousand right. years ago, and just to throw this out, yes, I'm a young earth guy. <laughs> um, I, I don't believe the earth has been around for millions of billions of years. I think it's about 8,000 years old. Mm. Um, that's where I fall. Right. Yep. You can disagree and be wrong. <laughs> That's fine. So, so whenever God wrote these words, penned these words, some five, six thousand years ago, He was God then. Yes. Today, January the fourth, twenty twenty one, He's still God. Yes. He's the only God. Right. He wants to be your God. Right. Isn't that the great thing? Yes. You know, I sort of dealt with this yesterday. Those that are non-believers tend to look at us as as closed-minded. Um, exclusivistic, but I don't really know how you see that when Jesus said through the Holy Spirit said, which is Jesus and God, it's his desire that all oh, men yep. come to a saving knowledge right. of him. Right. How exclusivistic is that? Right. Other than right. it's for the whole world, the yep. cosmos. Right. John three sixteen. So just your thoughts about that. I know you just right up your alley well, too. Well, right. And when he um sent Moses he Moses said, "Who shall I say is sending that I've come in the name of?" And God said, "I am." And so, from that point on, we see that phrase, "I am." And why is he laughing at me? I don't know. No, I'm laughing because if you really get down to it, and and go about be I be because I be. <laughs> so what God said <laughs> because I be nice. But anyway, as I was trying to say, from the from that, I mean, we see it throughout Scripture, and we see it then in the New Testament with Jesus saying it that I his I am statements, and and so that declaration that I am, I am that I am, um, and just declares who God is, and um, and that um. He was reminding them of who he was and what he had done for them. And so because of those things, and he is able to say, because of that, you shall have no other gods before me. Yeah, this is the basis, not only of that one, but the next 10 right, coming. exactly. The, the basis of, of these things I'm about to tell you. that right. are, Now, he could have gave, gave them a hundred. Yep. He could have gave them five, <laughs> right. you know, or one, and we would have never kept them because we're sinners. Right. So he does, he starts out, he goes, I want you to know this, and, and this is where I think he, he reaches across the time spectrum, which there is done in heaven, but he says, I'm God now, but I'm going to also be God January 4th, 2021. Right. I'm going to be God December 31st, 2021, if the Lord tarries. Right. Well, well, not if tarries, he'll still be God. Right. Right. Um, we may not be living in, if we're in heaven, we won't be living on the time scale like that. So he says, and, and on the basis that I am the one true God, on the basis of I brought you out of slavery right, right. on the basis of those things here, live this way. Right. And, and so he does, he goes about, you know, we call them the 10 commandments as I prayed, by the way, they're not the 10 suggestions. Right. Uh, and then others say, well, we live on the other side of Calvary. So we really aren't expected um, to live that way. Well, here, here's my question. Which one are you taking out Right. for that person that will say, we're not bound to live according to those right. standards. Which one? Which one are you taking right. out? Um, I'm not taking any of them. Good, out. neither am I. <laughs> so, um, but you know what I'm saying. That's where I would go with that. I'm right. like, well, what are you really taking? Um, and so, thinking about this thought about God, um, I love what Martin Luther said. He he made this statement. He said, "Whatever um, thy heart clings to and relies upon, 
that is properly thy God. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. I like that. You know, I'll just say it again. One time, I want to have a deep thought like that. Right. <laughs> just one time in my life. And those that know me, me probably are going, <laughs> yeah, you might as well give that up, Hank. <laughs> but what do you, you say, Miss about Where, when you are hurting and struggling or you need something, what do you cling to in your deepest, darkest moments? Right. Whatever it is, that's, that's your God. Right. Yep. Yep. Now, yeah, you may, we may call it money, mm-hmm. you know, this on, on, in in our lives, or we may call it our home or our car, our clothes or family, whatever. God sees it as God, yep. little g. Right. So where, here's the question as we sort of get ready to get into this. What is your God? What is another author in the early church father made this statement? Um, I think it was early church father. I'm not sure. But he said this, when you first think about God and whatever your first thought is after that, that's your God. Right. Right. Good gravy. These guys are so smart. Right. Well, and and you think about also, like, you can think about what is the thing that you um, daydream about? What is the thing that you, that causes you to get excited? What is the thing that you, um, sets you in terror that if you were to lose it? Um, and so those are other ways to think of also as to what is important to you and those things that, that would answer that question. If it's not God, then those are your God's little G that you place as more important than God. Anything that you put as more important than God is your little G God. Mm. And we, and I think that we like to think that we don't have idols because we don't have little statues. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and yet. Um, we certainly do because we certainly, there are certainly things in our life that we um, would put ahead of God or more important than God or, um, you know, set them up as being more important, the things that we pursue more than we pursue God. I wrote down a few things. Yeah. Money. Yep. Pleasure. Yep. Sex, drugs, alcohol, lifestyles. Mm Mm-hmm. Materialism. Right. Even jealousy. Yep. And envy. Right. Those things, there are things that would just, and I mean, the list could have went on and on. Right. But those are things that, yeah, you can't necessarily, with money you can, and some of those you can, but it's not something you're going to sit up on the mantle and, and bow down before in a sense, but your heart is bowed. Yes, absolutely. And And as I said yesterday, and you're totally enslaved by it. Yes completely right that person that says well i'm not a believer and i'm free to do what i want to no you're free to do whatever your god tells you to do and that's it you're a slave you're a slave to do whatever god tells you because every time that god comes a calling right you go to doing right and so uh, let me pose here's the question (laughs) i forgot to beg him not to do this yeah (laughs) and i'll help you out okay good okay (laughs) Why do you think he needed to make this a commandment for the Jews? I'm speaking specifically for the Jewish people right now that he wrote this to, the audience he wrote it to, when he gave it to them. Why? Well, he knew where they were headed. He knew that he was sending them into the land, but in but there were um, those who already occupied the land, and they did not follow him as God. 
Um, and so they had their gods, their multiple gods, little G gods, and he knew that that they would fall into that. I mean, he knew what was coming. He'd already been there. He he already knew. Really, he had already been there. Yes, he he does that. <laughs> You're trying to say he's om, omnipresent? Or something? Absolutely. I mean, really? Um, and so he <laughs> knew what they would be facing with the gods of the land that they were headed into. Um, and so, it, and they had been in Egypt, which had multiple gods also. And Stealing so, my thunder here now. <laughs> you asked the question, so <laughs> well, I'm going to answer it. <laughs> I was hoping you was going to stay in the future what okay, was coming. Okay, all right. Because, so to back up, we're saying, so here's what they were going to. Right. Baal, mm-hmm. Asherah, um, Dagon, Chemish, Milkan, Molech, Sham. Those are the ones they were going to. Right. Right. So think about that. Yep. And, and they really struggle with a bunch of yeah. idol worship. But as you said, <laughs> I thought I had you tonight. You're not feeling well. So think of the ones they left behind. Right. And I wrote down some. But listen, just in case you want to question us on this. The great statement there, and we all, you know, I have it hanging in in my living room. Um, as for me and my house, okay. we shall serve the Lord. Great statement, obviously, yeah. <laughs> but we we tend to and and skip over what was said right before it. Yeah. When he says, um, "And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your father." The gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, mm-hmm. which encompasses both the ones they were going to right. and the ones they were coming from. Right. So coming from, you had Ra, who was like the main, the sun god. Pharaoh most of the time was known as Ra. Um, Osiris, who was the god of the dead. Um, was another one. I can't read my writing. <laughs> Anubis, who was the god of embalming. Um Amen, a powerful god. Isis, a protective god. There, there were 114 gods in Egypt. Wow. And so they were leaving right, all of this. Right, right. I mean, they were there for 490 years. I'm telling you, the Egyptian mm-hmm. culture melded into right. them some. Right. Yep. They may not have warned it to, but it did. Right. Just like it melded in. Go this route. It always happens. We We too often think we got it mm-hmm. now they were sort of protected in goshen in a lot of ways but still the society just like um lot i couldn't think right. of his name so he he lives a lot of his life there with abraham he has a godly heritage he's got a godly um patriarch there a godly uncle head of the family mm-hmm. but they get to god blesses him so much they got a part ways right what does he do? The Bible says he looked toward the east and it was fertile. Right. So um, this is connecting all the way through the New Testament. He walked by sight and not by faith. Yes. Yep. He thought, well, I'm going over there because that's where all the good stuff right. is. Now, I just I think the funniest part of that whole thing is when he leaves, God's like, yo, Abraham, hey, man, it's all yours. It's not his. Right. You, you, you still got it all. So, but he, so he pitched his tent towards Sodom and what happened three times in a row, we see Lot, he pitched his tent towards Sodom. The next thing we know, he's living on the outskirts of Sodom. The next thing he's the mayor basically of Sodom. So he might've pitched it near, but Sodom got into him. Yes. 
that's crazy. And that's what we do so often. So, and, and I really think that, that coming out of, when they were coming out of Egypt, so much of Egypt had gotten into them. Mm-hmm. Right. My mind is going to 500 miles <laughs> or things we could go, um, but I'm not. So he had to be careful. He's like, right. man, you, you listen, all those dudes, God told us to put them away. Right. You guys really fully have not. And they, they don't fully. Uh, until after. Until they go to Babylon. Right. Remember, mm-hmm. I told you, yeah. idol worship started in captivity and, and did and not then, end. Yes, right. So, and man, I mean, they went, let me just make a sense. They went to extremes too. Yes. Think about it. They go in worshiping anything. They walked or moved, basically. Mm-hmm. They come out. So legalistic right. <laughs> <laughs> that they didn't even recognize Messiah when he came. Right. Yep. I mean, that's crazy talk. Right. So anyway, so, you know, Joshua, he says that. So that's why he comes out with, you shall have no other gods before me. Right. In a sense, he's going, you know, I defeated them all with the, I mean, the 10 plagues went at basically every so god. All had. of the gods of Egypt, right. So he's like, you know, I've defeated them all. What's, right. what's you going to do? Right. Worship me, homie. So, thoughts? Uh, I don't know. Um, oh, I got more. Okay, don't worry, go, don't go, worry, don't go, worry, don't worry. Go. So, have you? Did you notice here too? And I, I mentioned this. I've mentioned it several times. God never tries to defend Himself or tries to prove Himself. Right? No. Why not? Because He's God. He doesn't need to. But you know, there are those that would argue out there that, um, well, if He would just prove Himself to me. What is he, a genie in a bottle? Right. Yeah, that's crazy. Right. So he never once in this does he try to, to um, prove himself or defend himself. He just makes that assertion of, hey, I'm God. Right. And and when you talked about that in the sermon yesterday, and, and I thought the greatest example to me of that, what comes to my mind first is Job and all that Job went through and all the questions that Job asked, God never defended himself. He just told Job who he was. Mm-hmm. and. And by his declaring who he was as God, then that satisfies the answers that it, he doesn't have to defend himself because he's God. They're powerful chapters. Those yes, last three of the book chapters. of Jude. I mean, when he finally speaks, <laughs> yes. he's like, yo, where were you? Exactly. If you've not read those chapters, go for it because they're amazing. Job is one of those books not real easy to read. No. Let's just be honest. No. It's sort of like... Leviticus. <laughs> Although I'm going to be preaching in Leviticus here in a few weeks. So you read it and it's like, because it's so, it, Job, the first two chapters are like crazy uh-huh. good. Right. And I hate that the whole Bible is crazy good. Right. Okay. But you know how it is. Yep. Attention grabbers. Well, then you get to chapter three and it's like, okay, how many ways are these guys going right. to rip their quote unquote Quote-fren, friend? Right. And then, you know, Somewhere around chapter 33, 35, a new one comes in, right. a fourth one, mm-hmm. who does the same thing. Right. But then you get to chapter 40. Yes. When God finally speaks. Yep. Whole, you talking about riveting again. Yes, right. And right. And like I said, it's not a defense. Not, he's not defending himself. No, but, he's not. But he is simply stating, this is who I am. And you're not. <laughs> and nobody else is. And. And so, and it is, it's powerful. And so way back here, um, we see him saying again, I am the Lord your God. I'm is the one is what he said. Right, right. I, I hope that just grates on somebody's nerves <laughs> when I do that, I'm is. 
I be because I be. You know, that's what he said, though, if you get down to yeah. it. but So yours is Job, and mine, you know mine. Mine is Genesis 1, in mm-hmm. the beginning, God, period. It's like, okay, I'm here. Right. I don't have to go out of my way to prove myself to you. I'm here. I'm God. Watch what I do. Right. Yep. So, I mean, it's very, to me, in a sense, you can say Genesis 1 and chapter 2, very similar in the fact of the declarations of God. Mm-hmm. That's really what they're doing. Yep. Yes, they're telling us how the world was created, right. but God is declaring his power over everything because he speaks. Right. And God said, right. and God's, you know, I preached right. a sermon on that called, the, I think about every pastor does, the perfect 10 commandments mm-hmm. that, that have never been broken. Mm-hmm. And in that, if you read that, the only people, the only thing that breaks God's heart, that doesn't do what it was designed to do, is man. Right. And by man, I mean mankind. Right. And I don't want to chase that rabbit. <laughs> I, I have thoughts. Um. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I'm not chasing that rabbit. So, but really, if you think about it, that's what he did. Just like with Job, he declared stuff. He declared it. He says, I'm the one that created light. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that created the animals of the field. I'm the one that created the birds of the air, the fish of the sea. I'm the one that grass in the trees and all that. And I'm the one that created you, and you have broken my heart. Right. He never has to go out of his way to prove himself, but yet he does tell us this in, in Psalm 14, 1, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Right. So I'm going to be a little harsh here. You a fool. If you don't think God's real. Right. If you don't acknowledge God, if you don't acknowledge that him saying, I am that I am, if you don't realize that God in Genesis 1-1 or, or in Job as, as he defends himself, not defends himself, but declares himself, the Bible says, Hank, Hank doesn't say. Right. The Bible says, you're a fool. Right. Now, God calls you a fool. Right. <laughs> you got problems. Right. Because so he says. So here's the assertion that there there's none. It's sort of, and I get the sense I, I had a modern day um, equivalent to it. It's sort of like those Hall of Fame ball players. I don't, you know, and I'm a sports geek. I am. I'm sorry. That are real. I'm talking about the top one percent of mm-hmm. of athletes and everything. They never have to tell you how good they are. Right. Just watch and see. Right. Guys like me that were just so, so, man, yeah, I was good. Yeah, yeah. God's like, hey, I'm God. Right. And, I, and then I'm, I go to Jesus when he said, you know, when John came and said, are you the one that we look, we're looking for or do we look for another? Right. Let me just make this statement to you I, because I've dealt with this in the last week. Y'all, I always deal with this over the holidays. Mm-hmm. Everybody struggles with their faith. Yep. Everybody. Even John the Baptist, who Jesus said was the greatest human being ever born. Let me go back to it. Jesus said it. (laughs) There's none been born of woman greater than John. Oh, I have about 18 ways I'd like to take that. Even he questioned if Jesus was the one. But do you remember what Jesus said? He didn't really try to, uh, he just declared once again, hey, just go back and say, hey, the blind see, right. the mute speak, the deaf hear, the par- the the lame walk. He didn't say, well, so if you remember um, this guy by the name of Lazarus, yeah, I raised him from the dead. And, and so I took this and I, hey, no. hey, man, just go back 
he took scripture right. that would describe the Messiah right. from the Old Testament, and Jesus said, hey, just go back and tell him that. Right. Tell him what you've seen. You figure it out, who mm-hmm. I am. I'm mm-hmm. not going to stand here and prove you to myself. I'm just going to declare what I've done, and then you you figure it out. Right. So search. He, he's L. He's no other gods. It goes to Colossians chapter 1. I want you to, guys to turn there really quickly. I, I legit could talk about this all night. Um, um, you, how many times have I said this lately? Um, Jesus don't want to be a priority of your life. Mm. Now, some of you go, wait a minute. You're talking about God, and now you switch to Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> you figure it out. <laughs> He, he doesn't want to be a priority. Now, right. I, some people are flipping out listening to this. <laughs> well, uh, I he, think I probably did the first time you said it. Yeah, he doesn't want to be a priority. Right. He doesn't want. Matter of fact, he won't settle for that. Right. What does he want to be? He wants to be preeminent. Yes. <laughs> See, he won't take anything else. Right. In Colossians chapter one, I just want to read this. I want you to listen to this. He is the image of the invisible God. Which goes back, I mean, go and listen to our Christmas yes. podcast if you haven't listened to them. Because I thought I really enjoyed um, what we talked about. And yes. we talked about Jesus being God. So what you're trying to say is that both you and I think they were really yeah. good. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying not to break my arm patting myself on the back. <laughs> so the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Stop. Another declaration of who he is. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to pre- I don't think he's trying to prove. I don't think he's declaring. This is true. What I preached on yesterday, that he is truth. Right. He's just like, here's some truth. And then he gives us why. That in everything, Mm -hmm. he might be preeminent. Yep. If my love of a sports team is above Jesus, I'm nothing but a backslider. Right. If, now this is going to hit some people right between the eyes. If my family comes before Jesus, I'm wrong and I'm, I'm in rebellion. Right. We don't think, why don't we think of words like that? Because that's what we are, aren't we? Right. Your, your thoughts, but well, to say that. Because I, I think, again, it goes back to the fact that we think that we don't have idols. And we think that we don't have any gods before God. And so um, we think that, you know, we're okay and we're just, we're living our lives. Um, and we... I think too often we don't think about is Jesus preeminent in our life and we don't think about um, what does that mean for how I live my life then and mm-hmm. day in and day out and how I set about what I set my mind on and what my, I set my heart on. And I, I think that we just, it's not talked about enough. It's not dealt with enough. And so we just think we don't, we're not acting the way that those Israelites acted when they were in the land of the other, with other people and their gods. And so we're okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we just don't like to think of those terms. Right. No, we don't. Of, of I'm in rebellion. Right. What? Right. But you, when you're 
not being obedient, you're in rebellion. Well, and also I think because we are so, it's so easy for us to get caught up in our society, which um, says that family, your family comes first and your what you do for your kids is so important and, and all of those things. And yes, you need to do for your kids, but it is possible to have your kids be a God and be more important. I think it's easy. I think, as a matter of fact, yes. I think it's prevalent yes, today. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, prevalent. Yes. And to, and to not, you know, and to not have an understanding of where they need to be in relation to God in your life. Now, just in case you think I'm lying and our time is almost <laughs> up, Jesus said, yeah. unless you hate your mother and your father and right. your brother and sister, you cannot come to me. Now, does Jesus want us to hate our families? No. No. But when you but when you put it in the perspective of how much I love Jesus compared to how much I love my family, it ought to be that big a gap that right. it looks like looks you like hate it. your family. Right. Yep. God I mean he created the family. Remember that. The first creation right. he really did that was a unit was the family unit. Yes. So nobody is here saying so right. don't absolutely don't, don't misconstrue, don't right. misinterpret what we're saying. Right. Because here, here's what I want to make this statement, and, and well, agree or not agree, I don't, I don't care. If you get offended, it's because we just hit one of your yeah. gods. Yeah, yeah. That's when people get offended when yeah. you start dealing with their idols. So here's the truth, and we are done. <laughs> <laughs> God's first commandment is, and this is like, just He said, "I'm to be preeminent, right? None other." Only me. Right. So here's here's the the question we're going to end with, and then I want you to give a little wrap up what you think. Who's number one in your life? Right. Anything we say today make you mad? If so, seriously, and I say this with love. I I, I swear I say this right. with love. You need to check your priorities and your um, place of Jesus right. in your life, because if He's not preeminent, right. He won't accept anything else. Colossians chapter one. Right. Right. And, and I would say, I guess, what else do you say besides that question? Um, You know, that, that when he says you shall have no other gods before me, then we need to examine ourselves and see, do I have other gods before God? And um, is, are there other things that are more important to me than God? Are there other things that I place as more important or, or that um, I, dream about and get excited about and pursue more than I pursue my relationship with God. And we have to be um, introspective about that. We have to be self-aware of where we're at Um, because I think it's a a, a very easy thing to fall into. Very. Very easy. Hey, so we're praying for you. Know that, man, so glad we're in this new year. Yep. Wow, that was good stuff. (laughs) And that went by really fast. So pray for us, and then I'll close us. All right. Um, Father God, I just thank you for your um, grace, which brings us here, and your um, purpose, and the fact that you um, have set this before us. And so um, we just thank you for using this podcast. I pray for those who are listening. I pray that they would um, indeed examine their heart and know um, where you are in their lives and that their desire would be to make you preeminent and to have no other gods before you. Thank you for blessing us with being here and thank you for blessing those who are listening. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Amen, amen. Hey, uh, I am Hank Meadows, pastor of Marion Baptist Church. I do have my home slice with me, Miss Mona, who's playing hurt today. So thankful <laughs> you're here, praying that your headache goes Thanks. away. Um, and we're so glad this is the Mosaic of Marion. God bless you guys. Bye-bye.